Roll it. Hello, world. Welcome to the Church Mag Podcast, the official podcast of Church Mag, the number one resource for church tech. It's time to level up. Welcome to another episode of the Church Mag Podcast. Eric Dye here, along with Jeremy Smith and Blessing Mbofu. And we have with us the very cool Justin Funk. Justin is with Bulletin, online bulletins, well, digital bulletin. Justin, tell us, Bulletin, you're with Bulletin. Tell us what exactly you do at Bulletin. I was going to say digital Bulletin, online Bulletin. You would explain it better than myself. Tell us, Justin, what's this Bulletin? Well, I think we're going to talk about some of that today. I mean, we do online Bulletins, print Bulletin, social media, text messaging. So you do all you do all the Bulletins? We do. It's a, we call it a church communication platform. That's what we do. Ooh. I like it. I dig it. Uh, I knew, I, you know, before we started the podcast and we were just kind of shooting the breeze, I, I, I like Justin. I heard Justin's last name and then I was really sold. And now this bulletin thing, it's amazing. Blessing. Good job setting this one up, buddy. I'm going to be honest. You're a little bit like my wife in the, ooh, this is shiny. This looks pretty. You sold me on the packaging. It's not even what's underneath. It's just you sold me on the packaging. <laughs> yeah, but you know that when it comes down to it, I am not that way. Correct. So there it's just a different side of you i'm not used to (laughs) look i'm trying to be positive here jeremy don't don't mess this up i i struggle with cynicism enough (laughs) you had actually um reached out to us first right and um i just want to first of all before we even get into the topic i want to highlight how a business should interact with someone that has no direct affiliation. We get this so much all the time of, Hey, you should write a blog post for us. Hey, we saw that you have this on your website and you probably should definitely add our link to this. And yeah. or our favor is we have generated high quality, <laughs> customized <laughs> content for you. Uh, and I'm like, get on my face or better like yet every day, every day. Or how about Ch- church M is our favorite blog. Well, <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> Cause you just call it church M. Whereas <laughs> Justin comes in and he's super flattery. I've been reading you guys. Um, blessing talked about how he was doing some advertisement with us and blessings like, Hey, we should try to figure out how to connect with them because he's been kind of like, Justin, you went around, you guys went about it in a manner of like, let's just be friends. Like, yes, there's a little bit of a professional relationship here because we have a piece of it. Relationship focus. But it was, yeah. we've been reading you guys for a long time and wanted to be a part of this. And so we wanted to do an advertisement just to support you guys for what you're doing, which in turn, Blessing's immediate response was, what can we do for them? And I mm-hmm. I really, really love that mentality. And so Justin, I just want to say, if it wasn't you and it was a social media marketing person, whoever's idea was that mm-hmm. you need to, A, not maybe not necessarily give them a raise because I don't know if that's possible, but at the very least, like stand them up in front of the entire team, give them a shout out. Or if it was you take all this praise and then show it to your whole team of this is how you do it. Right. Because I really think that honoring the people that are walking alongside you is really, really important. And I know that's been a big thing about church mag is if we find someone that honors other people while their customers, the people they work with, we'll hold on to that for dear life. And if you come in and be like, Hey, you want to do this for us? You want to do this for us? Hey, you want to do this for us? It's just like, we probably won't ever work with you now just because of this kind of like slimy feeling that's happening. And so I really, really appreciate yeah. that. I just want to know if blessing, if, if you, if you tell them that secret handshake. No, yet. no, not yet. Not yet. <clears throat> okay. Yeah, not yeah. yet. Okay. Cool. Uh, it cool. was, so I, I reached out to you guys um, because I liked what you were doing. Um, we wanted, we liked your audience and we know that we, we want to serve your audience. And, and in that way, we're not like, we're not in the 
I guess we could call it the secular business world of the like dog eat dog, you know, whoever succeeds stands upon all the failures. Like we're, we're all brothers in Christ and want to serve the church, you know, globally. And so there's no reason that we shouldn't be friends. And, and so when I reached out, it was exactly like that. It was, how can we help you guys? How can we help your audience? You know, we want to get to know you guys. So I, that's yeah. awesome. That's it's, it's and, and, and you haven't been bought out by ministry brands. So that's a plus. Well, yeah, no, we haven't. Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're creeping. They're creeping all around the internet looking for companies to devour. I you said that out loud, Eric. <laughs> I know, right? I'm like, should I edit that out? I don't know. So I, I think one of the interesting things that's um, about your company, and we'll talk about that at the very end, but the one, Justin, I think the thing that really kind of, we don't talk about enough on this, but I feel like at the very least, the secretaries are always talking about it. And if we're being honest, the secretaries run the show a lot of times. Um, and their world has been, if, they, if they've been in ministry for more than three years, their world has been paper. And if they've been in ministry less than three years, it's been digital. And if they're trying to make that transition, it's really tough. I even think about mm-hmm. I'm a counselor yeah, in my company, probably, and it might be that way for a long time. I actually came mm-hmm. from a company as a therapist in Colorado where we did everything digital, never once did anything paper, came here to Ohio where everything's definitely five years back in a smaller town community just because that's how it is. I had to go and learn how to do my counseling notes on paper. And it was like a six month <laughs> thing. And then we would jump into the digital and everybody else never did digital. I was the only one, but for six months, I was the oddball out and I'm like, this is awful. Like I can't look up all my stuff fast. I can't respond to things quickly. I have to write everything down. And so it takes me four times longer to do the actual paperwork, which gets in the way of me doing the thing. And I think in translating that for churches, just the idea of having that piece of things at times can be really, really difficult and really, really frustrating. But at the same time, that transition for people to have to make this change can be really scary. So I wonder, I mean, you're kind of in the thick of it with everything that you just talked about you offer. Um, I guess at the very beginning, like what, what do you see happening with this whole process of what's your perspective of paper to digital and the role churches have to play with this change that may have to happen or should happen or could happen? I don't know, like, what are your thoughts? Yeah, Jeremy, I think you had it just right in that I think a lot of um, church leaders that I talk to, they they have a digital guilt that from this cloud and pressure of the culture where everything's going digital, everything is online, and they feel this guilt that they need to be there too. Um, and it's important to remember, and I emphasize this when I'm speaking with leaders, that it's going digital is not an end in itself. The goal for church communicators is the, the relationships. It's the people and they're trying to serve their congregation. And if the way they can do that is digitally, if that serves their communicate, their congregation better, then you go digital. If in some contexts that that's just not going to be the case, whether you have an older congregation or you're in a context where, you know, you have all these other touch points that, you know, a digital method doesn't make a difference or won't Mm -hmm. make a difference. Um, So yeah, you're exactly right. People feel that need. And if it is right for your congregation, you know, we can talk about how to make that transition. But I wanted to throw that out there that it may not be right for your church. Like you don't have to feel guilty if you don't have X, Y, or Z. It definitely feels like it has to be a reactionary process. It's not something that, I mean, you could be proactive about it, but you might be kind of, 
pushing it a little too soon. Would you be, would that sound correct? That it definitely is something where you have to, I can't remember who it is. Somebody had talked about wait until you feel it hurt and then you can make the change. Cause then people will buy into it that much easier. Would, would you say that's uh, obviously super general def, definitely don't make policies based off of the kind of guidelines? Well, maybe. Um, I think I think you're right that you, you don't need to, you don't necessarily have to lead the way, but the way that I kind of talk churches through this is to just go where they already are. So um, if you, if your congregation's already checking Facebook so often that you can see them do it during like service, then being on Facebook is a great way to go digital because it's not, you're not fighting the tide of, you know, what your congregation is doing anyway. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't have to be reacting towards a pain point, but you should find those easy wins of how, how can digital, how can going digital, um, meet our congregation where they already are as a, as a, as opposed to trying to pull them in and get them to buy into something completely new and different. Like that's always a struggle. And, and what happens once you get to the, get to that point where you, um, are moving from the, um, the, like you get into that point where you say you need to either have both systems or um i was gonna say analog but what's the other one <laughs> um um yeah let's just call it analog uh, what, what how what are some of your thoughts in terms of just once you get to the point where you need to either have both systems or transition from the one to the other um what are some of the common um common steps um that uh that you've observed yeah um what a church should do or when i what i teach churches how to do is to to really develop a communication philosophy um, that we center on like the four rights so um those are the right message at the right time to the right person and in the right way so you know, it's a very Southern Baptist four point sermon that all rhymes, um, right message, right time, right person, right way. So the, the first step to take is to say, okay, what, what people are we going to reach by making a Facebook page for our church? And so you can kind of look at your congregation, maybe take, maybe you don't have to take like a formal survey, but kind of ask around to say, Hey, do you use Facebook? You know, whatever it is. Do, are you on Instagram? Do you, do you use Twitter? You know, what, what is your level of, you know, how often are you on your smartphone? Just kind of get a sense of where your people are and who is where they are, who is where. And then once you do that, then you can take a step to say, okay, we're going to, we're going to roll out a Facebook page and we know that it's going to primarily hit like our kind of young family age. Those are the people that in our congregation is generally on Facebook. So we're going to make sure we kind of direct those messages, especially family oriented ones or, you know, kids group ones, that kind of thing to our Facebook page. That way, what that does is it, it targets your digital communication in a way that's relevant to the people who are most likely to use it. And so you're not fighting culture. You're not trying to push people to do something that they don't want to do. Cause if someone's not using Facebook in 2019, it's generally because they don't want to use Facebook. Um, mm. And then you don't, you don't have to push all of your content 
onto Facebook. You don't have to make sure everything you say is there because you know, you know the interests of those in your congregation that are on Facebook or that are on Twitter or that are watching YouTube, you know, these kind of things. So that that's how we kind of get that church into the first step of going digital. You're really good at this doing the sales pitch stuff. Uh, I'm not, <laughs> it's not a sales pitch. <laughs> no, but I mean, you, you not even like in a sense of like trying to sell something, but like you, I feel like that. I feel like in some people, they talk about this, their, their mind is on their own thing that they want to pitch of this is how we're doing it. This is how we're doing it. And it's very much a comparison approach. And um, I really appreciate the fact that you're just talking about in general, like from a very centered, Christ centered understanding of not, not pressuring that you have to do it this way or that you're doing it wrong, but just kind of understanding that each church is where they're at. I really, really like that, that mentality because there is very much a, you should do social media like us. Like why in the world are you not on YouTube? How could you not be doing video? What in the world are you doing wrong with your church? And, and always when I go into these kind of like forums or have watched these podcasts or stuff like that, it just feels like, well, shoots, I'm not, I'm not doing it as good as them because of the mm-hmm. way they present it. And so I don't, I don't yeah. get that from you. Um, Justin, mm-hmm. has there been any situations or have you found there to be um, opportunities where when you, when you kind of survey things, you realize that, that, the paper bulletin is the way to go or the paper bulletin should remain for a, a, you know, a transitional period. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, churches almost by definition are multi-generational, like they're a family and families have older members, families have, you know, new generations, new people. Um, and so with, if your older congregation isn't, on a smartphone, then when you switch to an all digital communication strategy, you're leaving them behind and that's not loving them. That's not serving them. Um, so we, I, I don't think there's been a church that I've talked to recently that I've said, you should just stop doing paper because paper serves, um, those older generations. It also serves that first time visitor who isn't, you know, opted into, your digital communications, they don't have your app, you know, they, they didn't, they're not on your Facebook page, but you're handing them a piece of paper that may have, you know, some of those contact points on it. But for that first time, you're giving them something, it feels like, you know, they're involved and you you get to touch base with them. So I don't, I don't recommend at this point getting off paper completely unless you have like a especially young dynamic church where that makes sense. Well, that is incredibly refreshing to hear. Um, because mm-hmm. unfortunately, around the conversation of digital bulletins, it feels to me like it's it's basically like, you know, get on the train and, and don't look behind. And that has never sat well or resonated with me. So it's really encouraging to hear a um, rational, logical, well thought out response to that. And, uh, you know, compliments to that. Yeah, I mean, I think there there's an argument for saying we're not going to have bulletins like we're going to we're going to structure our communication off this kind of weekly cycle train kind of thing. Um, and in that case, you could, you could get away with that printing a weekly bulletin, but you'll still want that paper, um, for new visitors to get them connected. Um, for sure. What are some of the barriers that you might experience, um, with that secretary we talk about or the elder person, or honestly, the, 80 year old lady that um, has way too many opinions about way too silly of stuff. And how do you um, work through that? Because I feel like you had talked about, you don't work, you don't have churches that just throw the 
baby out with the bath digitally, but I do think that, or the, with the paper, but I do think that they do that digitally of how dare you go to uh, digital stuff. I can't even fathom the fact that you paid money for a um, app for us or that you had to update the website. Our old one was just fine. And I think that sometimes those conversations do happen. So how do you get over those barriers? Yeah. I mean, if, if you're feeling resistance towards, you know, a digital step that you want to take, um, it may be that you're presenting it like an end in itself. Hey, like this church down the road has an app. Look at theirs. Look how shiny it is. Wouldn't it be cool if we had an app? Um, <laughs> and what you're missing there is what we talked about before is the app. If that's what you use or, you know, one of these CMSs, you know, it's an ends. It's not an end in itself. It's a means to serve your congregation better. If someone comes uh, to me and says, hey, why would you want to spend money on uh-huh. this thing? Then what you want to do is just point at the person whose relationship you're going to be able to deepen through that technology, who is going to get more engaged with um, your church, who is going to be more likely to come to a meeting because they saw or an event because they saw the ad because they saw um, your post about it because they're getting excited about it. Cause it's, you know, right next to the YouTuber that they like, and then there's your thing next to it. Like the, the goal is the relationship, not the technology. So that's how I would mm-hmm. respond to, to that. And, and managing uh, and then the challenge. So I'm thinking of a scenario where you managing, um, you know, you, you meeting different people where they are. Um, and I'm just, the, the thing that comes to mind for me is what happens in, in terms of capacity from that, from that instance. And I think that's kind of like one of the challenges that I've found in, uh, in, in, in different, um, stages of the churches i've been from like a church church plant to an established church and um just the difference in resources um any ideas around how um you know in terms of just managing capacity from the church side in in meeting um some of those uh those felt needs Uh, Yeah, I mean, if only there were, you know, a church communication platform out there that kind of tied together a lot of these things. Uh, Not to not to sell too hard. Uh, Well, so that conversation aside, like the the inundation of all the different ways that you can communicate online and communicate digitally can easily lead to that overload that you're talking about blessing. but if you narrow down your focus to say, what are the key ways that we can communicate with our congregation? You know, if there's a strong overlap between Facebook and Instagram and you're like, so we don't have to do both because we're not meeting a need by doing both that we aren't going to meet by doing one. So if you, if you look at it, not as an end of itself, I'm sorry, keeps keep going back to this, but if you don't look at it as an end to itself, then you can, pick your battles to serve your congregation and really narrow down what you have to do. Um, and, and yeah, our, our program, our software is tries to do that to say, here's the battles to pick. Here's the people you can serve and you can do it super easy. Um, but that's, that's the idea is narrow it down and focus on the people. And then the technology kind of works itself out. I mean, it's hard. Digital is hard. Doing it well is hard, but it doesn't have to be 
inundating. What would you say is that that one trending thing that is like on the horizon that you say you would say maybe churches don't realize or maybe that only some of them realize this is something that's going to be big at some point that churches should just be like keeping their eye on it. Do you have any digital thing? I well, I thought you were going to say the opposite, um, and uh, like which things should they avoid? <laughs> and yeah, sure, and this is a little bit of a soapbox, but the like the these the idea of your own church social network, kind of like your um, your platforms out there that want to be a mini Facebook or a mini you know a mini social network just for your church. Mm-hmm. It's safe. It's protected. Come into our thing. And, and do that. These are getting popular. Um, and I think they're a mistake because the battle that you have to fight to create the culture in your church of people using this and like engaging with it and it being the type of environment that is advertised is going to be very hard, especially without complete buy-in by everyone along the line. I mean, it's just going to be a struggle. And mm-hmm. I, I think there are easier ways to do it. And, um, those things, like if you could pull it off, it could be really cool for your church to be super connected digitally, online, serving each other, meeting each other's needs. But you're fighting against billion-dollar global companies, and you're not going to win the attention of a lot of these people who would go to Facebook and see trending news and videos and all this funny stuff. It's way more engaging, um, and it's like they pour money to make it engaging and get people to come back. So it, it's a struggle. I, I would, I would caution against buying into one of those. Um, mm-hmm. I absolutely agree a hundred percent. And your, your evaluation of it is accurate and realistic and yeah, completely agree. We, we only have, we only, when you say yes to one thing, you're saying no to something else. And most people don't want to say no to where they already are at digitally to another place that you have to log in, another place to check in, et cetera, et cetera. You're, you're like, you're absolutely right. You're not going to get that, that, that same kind of buy-in, yep. you know, in theory, it's sure it's great, but guess what? It's going to only be a theory so justin we know a little bit about what you guys do and obviously all the expert and and wisdom you have behind it so what is it you guys offer and where is it that people can kind of connect with you um with the stuff that you guys offer yeah so um we are bulletin bltn um it is a web you know a web name so we took out all the vowels and made it as short as possible um, so it, it's, um, you can find us at usebulletinbltn.com. Um, what we do is we create a digital bulletin, a print bulletin, integrate with social media and um, provide broadcast text message support. Um, our philosophy is just all the things that I've been saying. You know, your congregation is checking their text messages. They're browsing Instagram while, you know, pastors are preaching and, um, they're walking into your church and a lot of them are expecting that paper bulletin and blessing. You were talking about the inundation of just having to do all of these things. Um, what we're trying to do is get it so that you can walk in Monday morning, you know, have your staff meeting, learn like what your priorities and goals are for the weekend, sit or for the week, sit down at your computer and have all your communication, all your bulletins hammered out in like five minutes. That's, that's what we're shooting for. Um, that's social media posts, print bulletin, digital bulletin, the whole thing. You are trying to do more than just 
um, get that sales pitch in, what, what does that webinar offer? Um, so what, what the webinar is, is a, it's, we're going to teach you how to do your weekly conversation, weekly communications in five minutes or less. And that that's our goal. And we have different tools and tricks um, inside our app to do that. Um, so it, it's really focused on that. We'll talk about philosophy of communication mm-hmm. and things like that too. So if you check us out and be like, no, we, I can't sell that to the elders or I'm not interested in that. I feel, still think you'll come away with, you know, these kind of things we've been talking about. So how much does that webinar cost and um, what, when is it at least as far as the date of this podcast? Um, the, the webinar is on the 23rd of August, 2019. It's completely free. Um, if people want to register, they can go to usebulletin.com and it'll, there'll be a little pop-up and a little banner to say, join us on our webinar. So that'd be great. So what he's saying is, is we have an unlimited set of exclusive free access to this webinar that we can, no, just kidding. It's all free to everybody. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Tell us when you sign up, say you came from church mag. At the very least, go get that stuff to fix your church. I think that's the big thing. That's the thing that we want to see is that churches connect with their audience so much better that they can share the gospel with every, everybody, especially with just everything going on and the hopelessness that they can they can get that going for themselves. So, absolutely. Send us an email, subscribe, and search for previous episodes of the Church Mag podcast by visiting Church Mag Online. You'll find a link on our main menu. Go to churchm.ag. That's Church Mag. And while you're visiting Church Mag, send us a message and be sure to subscribe to the Church Mag podcast so you can receive an early release of the new show every Friday. We don't do that for just anyone. Okay, let's do it. I, I'll, I'll introduce you guys. And then... <laughs> That's not a bad idea. <laughs> That's not a bad idea. You want to do that, Justin? No, I don't think I... <laughs> <laughs> the Church Mag Podcast is proudly hosted on buzzsprout.com. Buzzsprout.com.